Thank you, God, one more time this side of eternity to stand in this pulpit and to preach your eternal, infallible word. We ask you to touch our hearts and mind and help us, O oh Lord, to be attuned to the Spirit and hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. These are desperate times. And these are perilous times. And we just ask, O oh God, that you would help us today as we navigate through these scriptures to understand that your will and your purpose for your church is to stand fast until you come. Touch us with an unction today from the Holy One that we might speak with grace and truth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, to say that we're living in difficult and perilous times is an understatement. This world is poised and ready for something. Just about everyone who looks at statistical data concerning the well-being of our country realizes there's something ahead of us that is very challenging, difficult, enduring, that we're going to have to get through somehow. And I hope to give you something today that will help you know how to get through whatever we have to get through. The Bible said this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, proud, boasters, fierce, incontinent, despisers of those that are good. Amen. Wow. Despisers of government, despisers. It seems like there's so much despising going on and there's so much divisiveness that's going on in the world. And if we're not very careful, it will make its inroads into the church among God's people. I don't know of many churches right now, denomination-wise, that's not in some kind of a divisive struggle of some kind. The bodies that, that meet are telling me all of my friends in these, these different uh, uh, denominations are telling me that their, their whole denomination is in a state of uh, flux and uh, difficulty because they can't agree on what they believe and can't come to a conclusion about what the Bible says is the whole duty of God's church and God's people. I think the Bible is very clear. I don't think there's any ambiguity. I think our culture is what really uh, clouds the issue. I think that our, our culture is wayward and and far away from what God says in His Word, and we're becoming further away every day. As a madman in the other side of the world who is now threatening with nuclear uh, technology that uh, he would destroy the world, uh, we're living in a very, very tough time, very dangerous time. I don't think you know how dangerous the times we're living in is. For years, everyone held their breath that felt that maybe Khrushchev or Brezhnev uh, would come in in a drunken stupor and start pushing buttons and launching missiles and uh, what kind of a situation we would be in. And uh, that's a reality now. It really is. There are 40 or more submarines that are somewhere in the world's oceans right now, each having the capacity to launch a nuclear warhead that would start a World War III. It won't be a battle that will be fought by infantry and by soldiers and footmen. It will be 
fought with technology. And I want to tell you something. The church needs to be at its best during this time, but it seems like right the opposite is happening. It seems like there's been a, a withdrawing and a slowing down uh, of, of vigor and vitality and enthusiasm for the things that, that be of God and the things that are of the church. Those are enumerated for us in, in God's Word. In 2 Timothy 3.1, the Bible said this, no, oh, In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Depart from the faith. Didn't say they would backslide. It said they would quit believing what they believe. They would depart from the faith. That's called apostasy. And when you apostatize concerning your faith, it means you walk away from what you believe. And the Bible said in the last days, some would depart from the faith. And then he gives us what happens when that occurs. He said, giving heed to seducing spirits, seducing spirits. There is a spirit at work in the world today that would deceive the very elect of God if it were possible, the Bible said. The Bible tells us there is a deceitfulness about Satan that he's cunning and he's crafty and he knows how to couch his schemes and his, his different devices to cause us to do exactly that, walk away from what we believe. It's all we can do to hang on to enough folks to keep operating and keep going forward in the name of Christ. The pandemic has taken such a toll on the church that most figures that I hear concerning pastors and across the board, even Catholics, that about 60% return to church after the pandemic. So that means we've got a little bit more than half of what we had before the pandemic. That's staggering, folks. Did you know that? That means that large people groups walked away from what they'd always believed. That means that large people groups no longer serve the Lord with the same vitality that they served Him before pandemic. I want to tell you, it's not a time to become weak and become weary and to become anemic spiritually. It's time for the church to be bold and to stand up and take a, a, a strong stand on what we believe. Just because it's old, that doesn't mean you need to throw it away. Just because something has been that way for a long time, that doesn't mean it needs to be changed. There are some things God said don't change. Some things he said don't change. Don't ever change those things. He said don't ever try to add to or take away from my word. Don't mess with my word. Any person, he said, that adds to said vengeance and Wrath would be added to him. Any man that tries to take away, it'll be taken away from him. That's what the Scripture says. I, I just preach this stuff. I don't write it. I'm just telling you. That's what God's Word says. It says that all nations shall be turned into hell and every nation that forgets God. Listen, that is a catastrophic thing when you forget God. It is destruction enormous destruction when you throw God away and say, we don't need you. But could I tell you those words are ringing in schoolrooms? 
Those words are ringing in courtrooms. Those words are, are ringing in legal offices all over this country of people saying, we don't need God, we don't need the Bible, we don't need your spiritual religiosity, we don't need that. I'm going to tell you, I've never seen a time when the America needed it more than it needs it right now. More than ever before, it needs it. And I want to tell you, the devil hadn't just started just recently. He's been at this a long, long time. It's just that it's affecting us differently now. I said it's affecting us. Stuff we used to wouldn't have given the time of day. Stuff we wouldn't have, we'd have pitched that stuff in the garbage can so fast. And today it makes its way onto the agenda to be discussed. And you say, well, the Word of God says this. Well, don't tell me that. I want to hear something else. No, you, you don't want to hear something else. Listen to me, folks. The Bible said when John looked into heaven, he said in the 20th chapter, he said, I saw a great white throne. And he said, there was one who sat upon that throne from whose face the heaven and the earth fled away. And he said, that, that one that sat upon that throne dwelt in a life that no man can approach unto. The one that sat upon that throne is called the eternal God. And he said, I, I, I saw one standing and he said he had a book in his hand. book in his hand and he said a search was initiated for someone that was worthy to take that book and to loose those seals and he said they searched in the earth and under the earth and above the earth but no one was found worthy and John said and I John fell on my face and I wept because no one was found worthy to take the book and loose the seals but he said, one of the elders came over to me and laid his hand upon my head. And he said, weep not for the lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David hath prevailed to take the book and to loose the seals thereof. That was none other, my friends, brothers and sisters, than the Lord Jesus Christ himself standing in the midst of the, of the throne of God and the Bible said, and the books were open. And the books were open. All 67 of them. All 60. And the books were opened. Matthew was opened. Mark was open. Luke was open. John was open. Acts was open. Romans was open. 1 Corinthians was open. 2 Corinthians was open. The books were open. And he said, and the dead were judged out of those things that were written in the books. What does that say to you? That says to me that if I stand before God and climb up on the scale and the counterbalance is the Word of God. How will I fare? If I had to climb on those scales today, how would I fare? 
If the day was my day to step up on those scales, how, what would be the outcome of that? And the Bible said this. There was another book that was there and said he held that in his hand, the Lord Jesus. And he said it's called the Lamb's Book of Life. And one of the most gravitating verses in all the Scripture is that 20th chapter which says, And whosoever that was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Now, I didn't say that, folks. God's Word says that. And God's Word is infallible and it's inerrant. And you can count on it. If God's Word says that, you can count on it. That's going to happen. And you can shrug your shoulders and say, well, I've heard that stuff about rapture and caught away all of my life, and it hadn't happened yet, preacher. But one ordinary day, just like this day, the trumpet of the Lord will sound. Graves will burst wide open. Sleeping saints shall arise. The dead shall rise from the earth. Praise the Lord, and the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord God's Word says that. You can poke fun at it. You can shoot it full of holes. But God's Word says that. And when heaven and earth has passed away, God's Word will endure and God's Word will be lasting when the last particle of dust of this old world is passed. God's Word will still stand because it's true and it's infallible and it's inerrant and it's forever. In Corinth, there was a great divisiveness. The people were given the opportunity to walk in victory and to walk in the energy of the preached Word of God. In fact, the Bible said Paul took record and he said I was the one that preached here in Corinth that most of you got saved in that revival I baptized a bunch of you I I started this church and appointed a pastor here and he said and now I understand that you no longer believe what you used to believe he said how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead you mean you've got to the place that you don't even believe that Jesus rose from the dead? You mean you've shook glad hands with the elders and been baptized and, and you say you're saved and now you're, you're telling us you don't really believe that Jesus rose again? How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? What had happened was some slew foots came in 
telling them the resurrection is past already. Paul is pulling a hoax on all you folks. It's already over. It's already done. And Paul said, you need to understand, folks, the resurrection is not over yet. In fact, it's still in midterm. The Bible said Christ was the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Every man in his own order. Afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you. You can say it's not going to happen. It's already happened. It's over with and it's done. And you missed it. You can put that Tommy Rod out there if you want to. But I'm here to tell you the truth as it is in Jesus. That hadn't happened yet. But it's going to happen. It's one that already but not yet things about our faith. Amen. That we believe. That's the hope. That blessed hope. Titus 2, 11 and 12, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah looking for that blessed hope. Brother, have you got hope today? Well, that hope makes you a winner in every battle. It makes you an overcomer in every challenge. It makes you a, a, a more than a conqueror through every difficulty, every hardship. In fact, the Bible said he always causes us to triumph. Praise God, if you've got Jesus in your heart and the Holy Spirit abides in your heart, then thanks be to God, you win every time. Oh, you win every time. I don't care what the doctor's report says, you win. I don't care what the diagnosis says, you win. I don't care how curvy the road is on a midnight foggy night. Hey, if you got Jesus in your heart, you win. If the Word of God is in your soul, if the Word of God is fixed in your heart so that you won't sin against God, then you win every battle. You win every difficulty. It doesn't matter what the prognosis of the world may be. You win because the Word of God and God's Son is on your side. Somebody give God some praise in this place. Joel, Daniel, you're a winner. You're a winner. You're a winner. There was a time when the prognosis was bad. There was a time when the diagnosis was bad. There was a time where the future didn't look too bright and promising. But thanks be to God, he told me just yesterday, he said, the doctor looked at that, what used to be a cancer, and he said, well, I don't need to do anything to you. You're fine. You win. I said, you win. It doesn't matter what situation. It doesn't matter what the doctor, what the uh, banker says. You win. 
He always causes us to triumph. Praise God. You, you, you don't lose. You're, you're constantly a winner because he died for you and because he rose from the dead. The fact that he rose from the dead lets you know that he is in the presence of Almighty God. Somebody called me not long ago and said, Brother Jerry, said since they're doing all of this exploration in space and since they've discovered that there may even be life on Mars and might even be some water or oceans underneath that outward crust, do you reckon Jesus made it all the way back to the Father? I, I, I said, ma'am, let me see if I'm understanding. You want to know how sure I can be that Jesus made it all the way back to the Father. Now, you, you'd think people had better sins. Evidently, I have done a bad job communicating for 36 years that somebody would call me and ask me such a stupid question as that. Anybody in this house got the Holy Ghost? Anybody? 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 Anybody got the Holy Ghost? Well, that's the, all the proof I need that he made it back. That's all the proof I need that he made it back because he said, if I go not away, the comforter will not come. He said, it is expedient for you that I, I go away because if I don't go to the Father, then it ain't going to happen. But I, I promise you this, I will go to the Father. And when I get to the Father, I will pray the Father. And the Father shall send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, he said, when he's come, he'll bring all things to your remembrance. He'll lead you. He'll guide you into all the truth. You raised your hand and said, the comforter has come. You raised your hand and said, he abides, he abides. That lets me know Jesus must have made it back because he said, if I don't go and I don't pray, he won't come. You said he came, so evidently Jesus made it back. Hallelujah. Well, that's all well and good, Brother, Brother Jerry, but could you just give me something a little more concrete than that? A lot of people says they've got the Holy Ghost. You ever heard of a man named Stephen? The Bible said Stephen was a man that was full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, and full of the truth. Sometimes the truth will get you killed. That's John the Baptist. Sometimes telling the truth but you win because for me to die is gain. I would rather depart for to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For me to die is gain for myself. You win either way. Don, you remember me telling a guy up in that room right up there, you win either way? 
A doctor had told him, you're, you're going to die in a few months. You might as well do whatever you need to do to get everything straightened up because you got a few months. He came over to this building. We went in that room right up there, Don and I, and we sat and prayed with that man, and he accepted the Lord Jesus as his Savior. He said, first thing I need to fix is I need to get ready to meet God. First thing I need to fix is to prepare for that day. And I told him, I said, let me tell you, you win either way. I said, you win either way. If the Lord heals you and the cancer goes away and you never have another issue, you win. But if you go to meet the Lord, you win also. You win either way. You're a double winner. You can never lose. You're a winner. I said, you're a winner. I said, you're a winner. How long ago has that been, Don? Five or six years? Four years. Told me this week, he said, no sign of cancer. Four years. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying he won. Praise God, when he got straightened up with God, good things started happening. You see, that's where it all begins is when you take this word and you take the power of God in your life and things start happening for you. Hallelujah. Stephen, the Bible said, sat there in the council and he said, ye old stiff necks. Said God wants to do something through the Holy Ghost and you're so stubborn that you won't let the Lord do what he wants to do. You've got a roadblock on God. You're, you're trying to stop the things of God. Now, you want to make the devil mad, you just kind of pull the wool off. Next thing, you've got a fight on your hands. The Bible said, and they were pricked in their heart. How in the world can you tell us? We're religious people. We're the aristocracy of religion and you sit here and you tell us that we're stiff-necked and and that we're hard-hearted and we always resist the Holy Ghost as our fathers did so do we well we'll kill you you scoundrel for talking to us like that <laughs> and the Bible said they picked him up and carried him on the outside of the city and the Bible said they cast him down, and he fell to his knees, and he said, O oh Lord, into thy hands do I commend my spirit. And the Bible said, I imagined in my Holy Ghost imaginer that God reached over and got the curtain and pulled the curtain back and said, Stephen, Look up here. And the Bible said, And Stephen, looking steadfastly into the heavens, said, I see Jesus. You see who? I see Jesus. Well, they're beating the life out of you. Those stones, blood's running down the back of your neck and back on your, on your back. 
You got lumps coming up on your head from the rocks and the stones. And you say, you see Jesus? Are you telling me now that you're a winner? Even when the rocks are beating the life out of you, you're telling me you're winning? He said, I see Jesus. Where is he? Where is he? Is he lost on Mars? Where is he? Is he hung up in orbit somewhere? Where is he? He's standing at the right hand of God. Glory to God. I want to tell you, he made it back. Don't you worry. He made it back, and he made it back as the intercessor for you and for me. He's praying for you right now. Hallelujah. Praying for you right now. Come on, Olivia. Boy, I made a mess of these notes, didn't I? Whoever's supposed to be putting them up on the screen. I love it when the Holy Ghost just leads guides. Somebody needed to hear today that they're a winner. The devil's been peddling his trash around your house long enough. Your ears don't need to be garbage cans for him to put his garbage in. You tell him today, that's over. That's over. That's the last deposit you'll ever make of that negative, pessimistic stuff in my life. That's the last time you'll threaten me with what you'll miserably do to me. In Jesus' name, I'm a winner. In Jesus' name, I'm an overcomer. In Jesus' name, I always uh, triumph. In Jesus' name, I'm the happy recipient of victory in Jesus. Can anybody say victory in Jesus? Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Peter's sitting over there in that jail cell waiting until after Easter to be killed. That already killed James. Peter's sitting there in that damp dungeon in the inner prison. They had a special door on it to hold such people as Peter. <laughs> Took 12 men to roll the gate back to that prison door. Can you believe that? Buddy, you must be a Al Capone or a John Dillinger. No, you just be a preacher. You just be a preacher. They're more afraid of you getting out than they are John Dillinger. Put him in the inner prison. And the Bible said that an angel, an angel came. You believe in angels, brother? Sure. Sure, there's one taking care of me right now. I'm a big challenge for him, but I'm, I'm still trying to get, get it done. Jacob had, had one looking after him, didn't he, Don? And the Bible said he needed a blessing. You ever needed a blessing? You ever got so tired of the way things was, you said, what I need is a good Holy Ghost blessing. What I need is for God to come down and bless my old unworthy soul. What I need is the Holy Spirit to do something for me. And the Bible said, Jacob got a hold of his angel. And the Bible said that angel said to him, turn me loose, let me go. And Jacob said, no, sir, I'm not letting you go. 
I'll not turn you loose till I get my blessing. I'll not let you go until I get what I need from God. You're not going to get loose. And the Bible said that the angel touched him in his hip and dislocated his hip. Well, brother, that'd have been quitting time for me, preacher. I couldn't have stood a dislocated hip. He said, I, you can get the other hip if you want to. I'm not turning you loose until you bless me. And the Bible said, about the dawning of the day. Jacob walked with a limp the rest of his life. No doubt people the rest of his life said, Jacob, where did you get that limp? You, you, you tend to limp along. Where, I got that from wrestling with God. Jacob, where in the world did you get that, that bum leg? Oh, I needed a blessing. And I got a hold of God. And, and I told him I wasn't turning loose till I got my blessing. I may walk with a limp the rest of my life, but praise God, I got my blessing. I stayed there until he blessed my soul. Lee Brasher used to say, can you imagine how that angel got back up to heaven after wrestling all night with Jacob? Wing hanging down. Come staggering into the throne room. And God said, what happened to you? He said, I ran up with that man named Jacob. And he needed a blessing and he wouldn't let me go till he got a blessing. And that angel said, Lord, anytime you want the Red Sea parted, I'll be glad to do it for you. Anytime you need the Jordan River crossed, I'll be glad to hold back the water. Anytime you want to fight the Assyrians, I'll hold the wind in my hand and blow against them. I'll do any kind of fighting. I'll do any kind of miracle. Just don't put me around that Jacob no more. Can't stand no more Jacob. My Lord, with him, it's just blessing, 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 blessing. Oh, I wish Harvest would get to a place that you were so hungry for a blessing of God. That you'd say, blessed, I won't turn him loose. I won't let him go. I'm going to stay till he blesses me. I'm going to stay till I get what I need from God. I'll be right here when the morning comes if need be, but I'll not let go until I get my blessing. Anybody in this house want a blessing? Raise your antennas right straight up toward heaven and say, God, pour out a blessing on me. God, pour out your spirit on me. God, pour out your Holy Ghost presence on me. I need a blessing, God. I need a touch. I need a miracle. I need a healing. I need a financial need solved. Whatever it is, just say, God, I've got a need. This is my need, and I need you bad to help me, Lord, this morning. That's right. Come on. Pray it out loud. Say it out loud. God, I need you to help me with my family. God, I need you to help me with my job. God, I need you to help me with my children.
and praise him. Come on, come on, somebody. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. The Lord is in his holy place. Touch him. He's passing by this moment. I said he's passing by here. Don't let him pass without touching him. Don't let him pass without getting your blessing. Don't let him pass. Get his attention. Call out to him. Lord, I need a touch. Lord, I need a touch. Lord, I need a touch. Oh, hallelujah. to your name Jesus glory to your name glory to your name Jesus to your name Jesus glory to your name Jesus glory to your name Jesus all praise all honor all glory hallelujah all the glory all the glory, all the praise, all the worship, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. The Lord has been so good to me. I feel like traveling on. Come on, sing. Until that blessed home I see, I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling on. I feel like traveling on. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Do you feel like traveling on this morning? Praise the Lord. I feel like traveling on. Feel like traveling on. Too many be miles behind me. Too many rivers my feet have walked through. Too many mountains lie behind the sunset. I've got too much to gain to lose. Praise God. I've told a media of a saint of God that was leaving this world. I said, when you get there, you tell them 
Last time I saw Jerry Irwin, he was on his way. He's on his way. He's on his way. Praise God, I'm on my way this morning, folks. I'm on my way. I'll not be turned around. I'll not be deterred. I'll not be pulled away. I'll not walk off and leave what I've believed all of these years. It was good enough for my granddaddy. It was good enough for my daddy. It's good enough for me. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on lifting my voice and let the world know that Jesus saves. Let the world know Jesus saves. Keep believing. I said keep believing. Keep believing. He's a miracle-working God. Put your hand on your chest right now and imagine it's mine. God, I lay my hands upon this congregation this morning. There are men, women, boys, and girls all over this house. They left home this morning to come to God's house. For some of them, there was a turmoil when they left house, left home, left family. And they've come this morning, O oh Lord, with burdened heart. But I pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would stretch down your mighty hand, your outstretched arm. And I pray that you would let Holy Ghost power and Holy Ghost anointing flow through these people in this room this morning. God, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost from one side of this place to the other touch people and encourage their heart. Take that sadness in their heart away, God. Take that sorrow and take that grief and that despair and that despondency. God, take that out of their heart. Take that out of their spirit. And God, put a right spirit in them. Put a clean spirit. Put a new spirit in. Take that old heart, Lord, out and put, a, put another heart in. Take that old spirit out and put a new spirit in. Change that person, oh God, for your will, for your purpose, God. Change us. Change us. Change us. Lord, where we've been slack and where we've been dilatory, God, help us this morning. With God's help, Lord, I'll do better, Pastor. With God's help, I'll do better. With God's help, God's energy, God's strength, God's wonderful Holy Ghost Spirit, I'll do better. That's my testimony in Jesus' name. Now put that hand right straight up toward heaven and give God some of the best praise you got. Anybody got some great praise? About 30 seconds of it. Come on. The best harvest has ever done. Come on, give me the best praise harvest ever did in 30 seconds. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. We praise you and magnify you. We lift you up. We exalt your name on high. We give you all the glory. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Forget not all of his benefits, for the Lord is good, and the Lord is gracious, and the Lord is kind. Hallelujah. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As for me, 
and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I said, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and this church, we're going to serve the Lord. Thank you, blessed Lord. Now may the God of all grace, God of all communion, God of all power, all glory, grant unto you his favor and his blessing in your rising up and your sitting down, your going out and your coming in. May the God of favor bless you and touch you and cause you to prosper and to do good. God, in Jesus' name, dismiss us from this place, not your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. How wonderful. How wonderful is the presence of the Lord. God go with you.